Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status helps educators at every level take control of student data for increased outcomes and meaningful stakeholder engagement. Find out more at schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, episode 256, and I'm your host, Nick Ortigo. This episode, we're taking a look back at 2023. What do our top stories this past year have in common? We'll tell you. Class Dismissed is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each episode, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. This episode, it's been just over a year since ChatGPT changed the world. We'll look back and tell you how generative AI might be used to make teaching easier. Stay with us. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortigo here, and I'm joined by friend, chief academic officer, as well as co-host of the Classes Miss podcast, Dr. Christina Pollard. First off, hey, hey, hey. did you catch that? <laughs> I said, doctor, somebody has a PhD. It's not me. <laughs> I'm real excited about it. Thank you. You should be excited. I mean, I did. I, I've known you've been working on this for a while, but I mean, you <laughs> seem like forever. <laughs> yeah, and you've got you know life and and big responsibilities and family and big responsibilities in the uh, the main office up there in Laurel, Mississippi. But uh, you had not mentioned for a while that like, hey, I'm really close. So you completely caught me off guard when I when I saw <laughs> that you. Officially, I guess you defended your dissertation. Was that what you had to do? I did defend my dis- dissertation. And I think what it is, there's a lot of wait time in between, um, you know, corrections and feedback. And when you think you're on the brink and then another six weeks goes by and it's just, you know, I was being patient. And at the same time, I'm, you know, knee deep in two football seasons and the school district. So I was just balancing it all. <laughs> I so I know there's someone out there who probably has a PhD and has done this. And so I'm going to sound ignorant, but I did not realize that defending your dissertation was like almost like a Supreme Court case, I guess, like you present and then mm. you have to wait for a while while they review all the paperwork that goes along with it. It's not like an immediate thing. Well, there's a lot of review before you can even get approved to defend. Okay. And then um, after the defense, they can ask questions, clarifying statements, or even give you corrections or additions that they would like to see. Um, And then they do ask you to leave the room while they convene. Um, And when you come back in, you know, if they call you Dr. So-and-so, you made it. And if (laughs) they don't, woo, pass out. So how nerve-wracking is that when you're waiting? Well, I am real lucky. My family was there and waiting with me. And so we took some pictures and there's a lot of hugging and, you know, congratulating me, even though I wasn't, you know, confirmed yet. So they they really probably kept me from having the nervous breakdown I would have if I was alone. And then when I went back in to find out the results, um, there were some suggestions and corrections, which I wrote down immediately, but overall they were they were pleased. I communicated my research well, and that I think made the committee um, content. And so it was a dumb process and I just burst into tears because it seemed like an eternity and something that I've wanted to achieve for a very long time and life kept getting in the way. Right. Well, I'm so proud of you. I think that's just uh, such an accomplishment. It's something that 
I'm not going to say I'm incapable, but I just have never had the drive that you have to like really focus on it. And so kudos to you. It's way harder than I think anyone realizes just to even take the steps that you took. So I'm telling you it is, you know, that's, that's <laughs> but so when you awesome. get in it. If you're committed, you'll make it happen. Every moment of free time um, was pretty much committed to that. And now I'm trying to figure out how to, how, you know, I've got my life back. I'm trying to figure out how to operate. Right. I know. Yeah. What do you do with yourself now? You're, you're like me. <laughs> you're like, the last two weekends I've been at home resting instead of, you know, going out somewhere or doing something. And I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll, the fatigue will leave me and then I'll be back to normal and get back into my civic activities and things of that nature. Well, that's so good. All right. So uh, here we are in December, 2023, and it's kind of time to do a recap, like reflect on the year 2023 and how it impacted us in education um, and personally as well, if you feel like sharing any of that. So first, kind of tell me, like, do you have any takeaways as you look back on 2023, things that stand out, whether it's education news or personal or whatever? Um, one thing I'd like to say that that really not just in 2023, but in 2022, we have to be careful about what we take in. And that's whether it's from social media, from um, the media news outlet or from negative people. And we have to do a better job of protecting our peace so that the negative things going on in the world and around us don't, you know, infiltrate our thinking and bring us down or cause us to act negative. Um, that's a really big one for me. The other is 2023 showed me that, you know, you can work as hard as possible. You can spend long hours. Um, None of those things matter. How you make people feel Mm. is what's most important. And so what are you doing for others? You know, how are you supporting or giving back? That's been really big for me. And I've wanted to just show myself um, supportive and loving and, and understanding to others. And I think I've done uh, a better job, but I can also, you know, continue to stretch that and, and grow. And then lastly, it's never too late. It felt like I would never, ever finish um, my doctoral degree, but I just chipped away and chipped away. And it's never our timing. I'm sorry. I'm a firm believer that it's God's timing. And um, when your time comes, you know, really appreciate it and really understand what that gratitude because that celebration is going to end quick and some new challenge is right on the horizon. Yeah, that's really beautiful because I, I amen on all three of those accounts. I mean, uh, going back to your first one, talking about kind of reducing the negativity, I shut down, I still have a Twitter account, but I'm not on it as much. I deleted the app off my phone. Um, I don't consume as much news as I used to. And if you know me well and having a news background, like, that's what I did very heavily for several Probably years. really hard. And, and my brother will even ask me, you know, like, oh, did you hear about such and such story? You know, insert controversial political topic here. And sometimes I'm kind of like, no, I hadn't read that one yet. And he's like, what? And I'm, I'm, I said, you know, I backed off. And, and I feel so much healthier. Like, I really do. By not getting sucked into the, the he said, she said, or, you know, the tit for tat of, that you constantly see in news. So, yeah, 100% agree with you. And then what you said about you know, just kind of contributing and giving back and, and giving to yourself as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's just, I'm in my forties. I don't know if it, that's just something that I finally like had this epiphany and started to realize as I kind of got older, but yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there as well, but I'm not going to get my doctorate degree. It's too late. <laughs> so I, I can't agree <laughs> but that, that's with anything else that you want right. to take care of. And, and you had a big move this year. I, right. I really, 
um, admire that and, you know, look, wish I could move too. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Just because I love your state and your weather. But, you know, that's a big feat also to just, you know, to pack your family up and make a complete transition. So that's a big step. It was harder than I was expecting. I'll be honest about that. Like, it, and just leaving, not leaving just family and friends, but also mm-hmm. just like the actual physical move, you know, uh, took two trucks mm-hmm. over across several states. And then you have to just like redo your whole house. Like, you don't, things don't fit in your old house, it fit in your new house. And it takes time. And we're still, we're still doing that. In While fact, you're I, caring for a family. I am, I, I am standing in front of a clothes dresser in my bedroom with podcast equipment on top of it right now. So clearly I'm still not established. <laughs> like it, it's just like a mess in this one oh, spot in my bedroom. It's the last thing. Right. Take your time. Right. So it's my temporary setup right now. All right. So let's get to the actual uh, education news of 2023. And I think one way we can always do this is take a step back and kind of look into our statistics and see, you know, which stories perform the best on the class dismissed website and which podcasts actually were listened to the most. Um, and so doing that, uh, the website page that actually got the most traction and it was also the leading podcast was one that was titled, are there tools that can determine if a student is using chat GPT? And so I think there were a lot of teachers out there who were typing that query in to Google and they were stumbling across either our podcast or our webpage. Um, and that says a lot about 2023 when we're talking about generative AI, right? It certainly does not surprise me. I definitely thought that, that would get a lot of traction. Um, it's still fresh. It's still new. And there's a lot for us to learn as educators. Um, one, how to use chat GPT ourselves, but two, you know, how to teach our students to safely use it and not allow it to become um, a crutch either for um, teaching skills or for learning. Have you found yourself using ChatGPT or any type of generative AI in your professional life yet? Um, not really. I, I did check out ChatGPT GPT a long time ago. Um, I put in a couple of little topics in there to see what would pop up. And it, you know, it really shocked me. But I will tell you, I didn't use it not one time for my dissertation. I really took my dissertation topic personally as it was about um, the teacher shortage and retaining teachers. And I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't interested in, in using it in any way. But what I do know is that we've got to embed it in our professional development plans. We've really got to help our teachers understand its mm-hmm. place because it's not going anywhere and teach them how to use it because we're seeing across the nation um, an increase in using it for development of lesson plans, for development of activities. And the biggest thing is making sure that all of our instruction is um, standard-based and aligned. And you can't guarantee that with ChatGPT for all of the different state standards. That's true. Um, I'm going to give you two examples that I've used it uh, in my I guess you could say personal and professional life. Personally, um, I needed to write like a request for some stuff I was doing to my house. And we have a strict homeowners association here, right? And like a board that I've never seen before somewhere else, you know, and I wanted to make sure my address to them, not my house address, but my like, uh, my, my message to them was articulate. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of making my case for what I was trying to do. And I had chat GPT help me write it. And I'm not saying like it wrote the whole thing and I hit send and, you know, cut and paste. It gave and you an idea how to get, get started. Exactly. Um, and, and that was really nice. And there was something else I had to do, um, where I was, I had a, a an email in a professional environment that I was like writing up and I, I wrote it out and I looked at it and I said, uh, this email feels kind of terse. 
And so I literally took the email that I wrote, stuck it in chat GPT. I wrote, make this sound nicer, dot, dot, dot. And then I dropped my email in and hits in. And then it like made me sound nicer and more professional. And I mean, why not, right? Like, and so whoever I was sending that to was less likely to think I was a jerk in my message. So, you know. Well, I like that. I like that. The other thing is those students, they are so creative and so innovative and teachers need to understand its place in instruction. We don't need to you know, prevent or ban it. We just need to help them understand how. And I liked how you put, you used it just to start off, to jumpstart your idea Mm -hmm. on how to address the the homeowners association. That's the thing I want students to take from it. Let it help you generate ideas and, you know, gather your thoughts, but not turn into all out plagiarism. Um, The episode that we're referring to that was the most listened to it was episode 237 should anybody want to go um actually listen to that because that was the most clicked on web page and the most listened to uh podcast i wanted to get the second most listened to podcast as well and it's kind of in the same vein it's um it was titled empowering the next generation the importance of teaching Cybersecurity to k-12 through students mm-hmm. our guest in that episode was tamara shoemaker and she was working on in the k-12 through um, education space for like eight years. And then she got into writing a book about cybersecurity education. Um, it's a pretty deep dive. It's a pretty complex listen, but clearly there's just a desire to hear it because people were clicking on that episode and listening to it. Um, so some good traction there. Just with you mentioning that, it makes me think about when we had the discussion um, about hackers you know, going in for student and employee information mm-hmm. in school districts. And I remember one of our episodes where we talked um, very lengthy about a school district in New York who had been hit by hackers, all of the student information system, I mean, just taken for ransom. And I found that just to be so fascinating and unbelievable. And not long after that, we began to hear about quite a few other school districts being hit and how some had insurance to cover it, some did not. Mm-hmm. And it, it really became um, an important tar- topic in the education community. And I will tell you that even our tech director started making some changes and and putting some things in place that may have come across as annoying to uh, teachers for everyday use, but those firewalls have helped protect us. Knocking on wood, we have not seen any major issues as of right now, but we had a local university here that was hacked um, not too long ago. And it was, you know, pretty annoying. I might've missed that. I I missed that one. Yeah, William Carey University had um, a hacking situation this fall. Okay. And so I remember in that episode that you were referring to, and that was a a couple years ago, um, our guest said something along the lines of like, you know, you're your people who actually handle all that data and secure it, um, whatever title they may have in your district or at your business or whatever, he said, they often are constantly making backups. But the real challenge is, can you actually employ that backup when needed? It's one thing to make the backup, but can you really like start from scratch and be like, okay, it was backed up. I'm going to hit this button and reload everything. So I can say, forget you hackers. I already have it backed up. We don't need to pay you any money. So it's not just a matter of backing up. It's a matter of knowing how to deploy that backup uh, later on. And, and, you know, in 2023, we saw casinos actually had that happen, which here is this, these meccas of uh, security. At least we'd like to think uh, in the world of casinos and cameras and so forth, but it shows that maybe some of the data um, may not be as secure as the rest of the casino. So for a great idea in the future, because um, this is not going away, 
you know, might need to bring in a, a couple of tech directors and hear how they've um, overcome this struggle and what they've put in place and how different the landscape looks because it 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 is causes multiple steps for us on a daily basis when it comes to logging into things that were simple step, um, but it's for protection. I want to leave our listeners with something because, you know, since Gen AI was such a hot topic, and when I say Gen AI, I mean ChatGPT and all the others. I know Google has a a similar one. In fact, I think a new one that they just released that's apparently pretty impressive. Um, I have not been able to dive into there yet. But um, there, I have a list, and I'm going to share the list in the show notes. But basically, it's a list of companies that have built products on the back of chat GPTs and so forth um, that are designed for educators. Like the first one is called Gradescope, right? So Gradescope is an AI powered tool that saves teachers time by automating the grading process. And it uses machine learning algorithms to recognize handwriting and provide instant feedback to students. Now I've never, I've not tried this, but if somebody's like, all right, can this really work? Can this make it easier? Take a crack at it. That's called Gradescope. Okay. Yeah. We need to check that, that out. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of maybe sounds too good to be true, but in some ways, sometimes you can be surprised with what what it might catch. I don't think it's, you know, going to necessarily do the grading for you, but I think it might recognize things that maybe you missed or, or speed that process along. Um, another one's called Century Tech. Century Tech is the same thing, an AI-powered learning platform that provides personalized learning experiences to students. It uses machine learning algorithms to analyze the student's performance and provide targeted feedback to help them improve their school uh, skills. So, um, and, and so forth. So there's, again, several others out there that are basically being designed for educators might make your job easier, might be worth trying. Um, and it could create problems too. So tread yeah, lightly as just, you go into these. We just have to do our research and make sure that we truly understand the intent and how to use it. But I do like that they're ta- tailoring it towards education versus just chat GPT is wide open. <laughs> All right. So let's, we're, as we wrap up this episode, um, do you have, have you even had time? I know we're, we're still kind of in early to mid-December here, but have you had time to think about what a New Year's resolution might be for you in 2024? I think for me is, um, I don't want to say that I worry a lot, um, but but I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm a to-do lister. And, you know, it's just so important for me to take care of things. I think for 2024, I got to let go and relax. Just let things just let things be because I can't control everything and I can't fix everything. I can't help everybody, even though I try. Um, I got to just relax and enjoy every single day of 2024. 2023 went by really fast. Um, And so I just want to be able to joy, enjoy every single moment. Um, And I haven't done that because I'm a worker bee. But I think now's my time. I turned 50. In 2024, I'm going to actually participate in our graduation ceremony in May. So 2024 is looking real bright for me. That's good. What do you mean by participate? Like you're helping hand out diplomas? Well, no, I'm actually going to walk in May. A lot of people thought that because I defended um, about two weeks ago that I was going to be in the December graduation ceremony. Oh, I get it. You're participating in your PhD one. Excuse me. Yes. So it's it's not until May. So I will actually graduate in May. Um, I turned 50 in August, so 2024 is going to be a year of celebration, a year of focusing on self and just enjoying it. It sounds like it's going to be a, a great year. My my goal that I decided recently is um, I took, uh, gosh, I took a lot of Spanish in high school and uh, college. We talked about that. And I I know a little bit, but I'm not great. I'm not fluent, you know, at all. 
Um, but I can kind of like listen and kind of be like, oh, okay, you're talking about getting mm-hmm. your haircut, you know, or whatever. Um, I kind of pick up on things, but here now I'm in Florida, uh, in the Orlando area. And I feel like, all right, I got, I got to do this. I got to mm-hmm. buckle down, you know, go get some Duolingo or Babbel or one of these apps that, that can help. And yes. uh, I, th- I think as a family, uh, my wife and my daughter and I, we're going to, we're going to give it a go and maybe Daily like try to have a conversation. We'll yeah. We, we, we need to like only be able to speak Spanish at the dinner table at some point, you know, or something like well, that. Well, good luck with that. But I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> right. about that. Um, I think it'll be great, especially for your daughter. Um, again, to all our listeners out there, we really appreciate you. Um, and thank you for making 2023 a great year for the Class Dismissed podcast. Uh, we love you guys. And uh, I don't know, Christine, is there anything you want to say to everybody? I do. Happy New Year and enjoy it. That's going to do it for this episode of Class Dismissed. If you want to send us an idea or comment, remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com or tweet us at classdismiss. We're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So please subscribe to the show. And we'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. On behalf of all the good people working at School Status and Christina, representing all those educators out there, thank you for listening. I'm Nick Ortigo, and I'll talk with you next week. Class dismissed. Thank you.